Welcome everyone to the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology-related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lonnan, and today I'm joined by Microsoft's Public Sector Solution Director, Sam Brownmount. Now, when it comes to riding the crest of the digital wave following the pandemic, Sam has some really interesting views on how organisations can maintain momentum, particularly in local government where the need to deliver citizen services to meet a growing need is greater than ever but it's perhaps also more constrained than ever too. So grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. To your coffee. Ooh, can I choose both? So <laughs> I never like people sit on the fence. Come on, what's your uh, preference? No, I love both. So I love, um, I love tea. tea. My early morning tea for me, the, th- the first thing I have when I wake up is a cup of tea. But I also love, you know, a bit of coffee in the uh, in the afternoon to kind of give me that, that extra push for, to the rest of the day. And how do you have your tea then? I um so I lived in Ireland for 10 years. My tea is um is pretty strong but with a lot of milk um and one sugar. Oh it's perfect. It's just like mine really. Um scone or scone? Oh god. <laughs> scone I think. Scone scone. <laughs> it's definitely a scone. Definitely a scone. Nature or nurture? Hmm. I would have to go with nurture. And two screens or one? I've got three at the moment, but I'm only using what? one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I um I I feel like I ought to have this kind of operation center and then I end up just using one. Um but I often have two, two on. Um I have delegated the other one to my to my uh to my okay. son as of tomorrow for his work, go back to school. <laughs> All right. So at least you're not using three screens of one. That blow, blows my mind. Um, so our discussion today is sort of around uh, maintaining innovation in local government. So um, COVID, um, the pandemic has has not been a great experience for anybody, it goes without saying. But it has forced um, organisations, local government, uh, local authorities to change the way that they deliver their services out to communities, often in a better way. Um, can you give me some examples then of how uh, many local authorities have adapted to the way that they're serving the needs of their communities using technology? So I think that, I mean, the first one really is, is is you know, I would say is remote working, right? The kind of shift to um, from sort of office based um, and having to be in the office, having to be present or on site somewhere into using technology to be able to work from anywhere they can, i.e. home. Um, and I think we've seen that shift, first of all. I think the second one then is the digitization of processes um, you know, that have been, you know, fundamentally manual based um, for so long. Uh, and we're seeing things like using power apps and um, technologies like Power Automate, um, uh, AI or robotic process automation to really help digitize um, some of those processes. Uh, and, you know, when we look at that in terms of the work that we've been doing, some of the councils in um, in the UK, then it's looking at things like outbreak management. So whereas before a company, sorry, company, an organization, local authority mm. would have been using maybe an Excel spreadsheet or even just paper. So in some cases, post-it notes, they've transitioned into using technology and, you know, that's easily available to them. They've been able to get up and running really, really quickly. Um, and that's helped them to connect to different other different services, not just in the council, but also then in things like Public Health England as well. So we've seen that that, that change and that shift happen. 
happen um, over the last 18 months. You mentioned that, oh, that blows my mind. So you mentioned there about still some authorities are still using paper to manage yes. the processes. Yeah. yeah, that was it was, you know, that we when we went through the process of kind of creating um, the outbreak management template, we worked with a number of councils o- over a sprint. It was must have been about, I think, about a week. Um, and it was great. It was an amazing um outcome and also just interaction with some of our customers it really was just you know understanding what they were going through but what came through that was just the it was very clear that people really are still using you know paper and and you know using post-it notes because it's just the way they've worked the lack of investment we've had in technology and the lack of skills to support that any investment that comes along that you know training and readiness is really important people defer to what they know they're kind of comfort zone Um, and we want to be able to show them there's a different way forward as well when they're in this comfort zone, do you think it's been an easy transition? Um, because it's had to be a quick transition, hasn't it, in, during the pandemic? But has it been an easy one, do you think? I don't think it's been easy. I think what it's shown to me is that there is such a lot of capability um ingenuity and innovation in our local authorities, in people. You know, when I talk to people who are um uh, who effectively serve our public, they want to help. And, and I saw that through the pandemic. I see it today. They want to do what the best that they can. Um, and I, I think the, the transition to using different technology can be hard, but I've been so impressed by how so many people really can see the opportunity for using um, apps like Power Apps. And we talk a lot about the sort of citizen developer. You know, there is no better person to develop an application who actually uses the process yeah. every single day. Um, you know, often it's, you know, we have these kind of brainstorming sessions. We don't bring the user and involve them in actually how to improve it. And, I, and I've just seen so many smart people um, be able to have, to be empowered to kind of create new services. And, and we've got to really c- continue on that, on that, um, on that vein. Do you think that's been a surprise or to, to yourself and also perhaps to the uh, the councils that there is this inbuilt technology, I don't know, understanding or willingness to actually try different things because they're the users, like you said? I think um, I think it's not a surprise because I, I think there's a lot of passion for people in user groups. I, I've seen it all throughout my career, you know, get yeah. people who, who use a product. Uh, I was actually talking to somebody who works in local council last week and they, they they manage their CRM system and there was so much passion for what they do. So that doesn't surprise me. I think what the, the bigger challenge we have is is just digitized digital skills access training. So, you know, not everyone is at the same sort of level. Yeah. So people fear that change. And, and what organizations do, whether they're public sector or private sector, is enable people to go on that kind of change curve by communication, um, sh- you know, skilling them up, showing yeah. them actually that it's not going to take away their job, it's going to make them their job better and also what they do better. You know, if I think about, a, you know, a social worker or somebody who works in child welfare, if they're spending 80% of their time form filling, they're not spending 100% of their time helping children in need. And that's the kind of shift we've got to get to. I don't think anybody goes into social care wanting to be a form filler. They want to go in, yeah. they want to help families. Um, and I think those are the kinds of things we've got to start thinking about. That's a great point. And this momentum that's been built up now, do you think councils are kind of, uh, do you see them moving forward and continuing with the momentum? That's what we hope. Or yeah. do you see it kind of 
perhaps dropping away where, where do you see it's I, well I hope um, I'm a big believer in optimism and having kind of faith in that as an as a kind of an outcome so I hope that people will see what we've what we've achieved and that goes across both local authorities and the health service you know I've been listening to a lot on of the radio talking about will GPs go back to face-to-face consultations or yeah. can I use technology so I hope absolutely that we continue the momentum but I am seeing that happen I'm seeing that they when the barriers are taken away, which is often either political, money, um, or ego sometimes in organisations, when those barriers are taken away in this, in the crisis, we can go really fast. And we've seen that happen. And I think now that that light's been shone on that, organisations are are taking those steps to say, well, let's just continue that momentum. Well, the next 10 apps or five apps, um, let's shortcut, shortcut the processes. And actually, we've got to do some self-reflection here as yeah. a as an industry, we have guardrails in place around procurement and all those things for the right reasons. We've got to make sure they're not barriers to innovation. And I think there's some self-reflection that needs to happen um, across the local authority industry to to ensure that we can we can go quicker and faster to have to really help um, drive that momentum forward. And when it comes to those barriers, then if you had to offer a piece of advice to to a council or to multiple councils to remove those barriers and keep those barriers away what might it be where where might they start one of the things i've witnessed over the last um, 18 months is partnership and i often think that sometimes we get so embroiled in these sort of um these roles that we play out in a negotiation and sort of sales process that sometimes we lose sight of the end game which is about us improving citizen services and that and I, I included all players in that and and so what I do think that we've demonstrated working with our partners working directly with our customers is how partnership can help move forward and create the trust that's needed um, I'll give you an example of this when we were delivering a track and trace solution to not into de- de- the Department of Health but into another country in the UK I can't say which one um, um, and we worked so closely with them the trust it created at that time of crisis um, helped to remove some of those barriers because it was all the right things to do and I think that for me is is how do we continue to build that that trust between different players in the industry because ultimately we 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 all want to shift the UK into a into the best position in the future of our world right that's our ultimate goal here so I think that for me is the big thing it's almost like a business um view of things it's, it's thinking about the outcome how does the customer in this case how does the citizen benefit yep. from the change in services and Absolutely. this is almost kind of the, the why you keep the momentum why you remove the barriers and why you yep. look at how things have changed in the pandemic and how do you keep those things going yeah and and you know what i think one of the things um i know you and i've discussed before is around understand the proper understanding of citizen demographics you know you know we've got so many age groups in the uk obviously all needing services and i think what's proven over the last 18 months is that some you know some age groups so 80 plus are not digitized they're actually disconnected and not able to access things some only want to you know text with people and having the insight on the behavior of the of the citizen and being able to either anticipate that need or react to that need and provide them a service that they in the way they want to connect with it is going to be very important uh, it's going to be an expectation and you know i think that the, the things that for me that connect together are you know if you do those things well you'll attract more people into the area you'll regenerate it and you'll attract more business and hopefully through that process as well, 
you know, we can look at things like revenue creation. How do we monetize more services? I'll give you an example of this. Over the last little while, I've been applying to be a chaperone for my daughter, who does a lot of professional acting work. And though that process to apply for a chaperone's license is manual. And, right. and it, it, you know, those are things, and it doesn't create them any money. So if you invest in it, you, you're, you know, or if you don't invest in it, you're taking kind of child welfare people away from doing their job. And you could do two things. One is invest in the technology to kind of automate it and yep. just do one check because you have to check and make sure people are the people they say they are. But also you could create revenue creation around it, right? Why not charge people 25 quid to go and do it and create? And and, and I think that's where technology could help. How do we help them to create, to look at ways in which they can they can drive revenue as well as drive kind of cost efficiency? Yeah, and I think uh, I think a really good message there and a really good message uh, overall is that in order to get hold of that technology that removes those manual processes and, and automates a lot of the the painstaking stuff that, p- that puts that barrier in place of delivering services, that technology doesn't necessarily have to be as expensive as might be perceived. I would say that's probably a pretty strong message as well. Yeah. Yes, I think so. I think that... Um, there's a real shift from doing these kind of big bang approaches. Mm. Um, you know, if I look at things like uh, ERP replacements and and, e- and even CRM replacements, you know, t- 10 or 15 years ago, it was kind of huge, big, big bang. Yeah. Um, but I see now more modular approaches based on the kind of need. And I think that helps to do a couple of things. One is to prove what people are doing um, and it gets people engaged quicker uh, and gets the ROI being delivered um, kind of more quickly up front as well. So I think uh, I think there's a, a great opportunity to look at what can you digitize today? What yep. do you need to digitize tomorrow? And just keep kind of moving forward. On one hand, many local authorities operate in a slightly backward way, rely on spreadsheets and even post-it notes to maintain service delivery. But it's a lack of investment in technology that encourages workers to default to this comfort zone. But the pandemic has at least forced many local authorities to begin looking at how technology can help improve the delivery of community services without the cost. The key though is to bring users in, not leave them as bystanders in technology decision making. Access to tools such as Power Apps has given rise to the citizen developer, and there is no better person to develop an application than those who are using the processes every day. With a little encouragement and investment, local government could in fact become the UK's hotbed for digital talent. Now, if you enjoyed the episode, please check out www.hso.com forward slash dynamics matters for more episodes. And until next time, take care of yourselves.